I don't know why it's so hard for me to say I love you to my parents, but it is, you know? And, and sometimes I feel like we get so close to it. Like a few years ago, I called my mom after a friend of ours died. I go, Mom, I'm so sorry about John Harding. And she said, we were lucky because last week he knew it would be the last time we'd be able to speak on the phone, so we were able to tell him we loved him. <laughs> I, I thought, maybe I've cracked the code. Maybe all you need is the approximate date of your own death. You, you just need a literal deadline. So, so I'm thinking about all this as I'm driving home late that night. Una's asleep in the back. And I say to, to my wife, I say, Chloe, should we write a will? And she doesn't respond. Jenny and I don't have this in common. When people ask me questions, I feel a social responsibility <laughs> to reply. And she doesn't have that. I mean, she ghosted me in person. And so... So I just took matters into my own hands. I called a lawyer who writes wills. We'll just call him Will. And Jenny and I are sitting with Will at our kitchen table. And it gets very serious right away. He says, what happens if Mike gets hit by a bus? I said, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess Jen gets the money. He said, what happens if you and Jen get hit by the same bus? I said, our, our, our daughter Una gets the money? He said, who's in charge of Una? I said, the bus driver? <laughs> and then it was silent for about 40 minutes. <laughs> and of course, you can get hit by the bus. I mean, this is not an outrageous scenario. A few years ago, I'm in the back of an Uber here in New York City, and the driver makes a left-hand turn onto the Manhattan Bridge and hits a pedestrian. I know, she was okay, but she went down hard. And then she popped up and said, I'm good! You know, because New Yorkers are resilient and often drunk, but, but it was shocking. I mean, the first thing I thought was one star. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, there's an infinite number of ways any of us could die. I read about a woman who died from a coconut. falling on her head, which is the ultimate example of she did not see that coming. And, and my question is, with all due respect, if you know someone who was killed by a coconut, should we eat the coconut? You know what I mean? Because, well, it's ripe. I read about a guy who died during a cockroach-eating competition. No, I know. Which part of Florida was it in? It was... Deerfield Beach, it doesn't matter. The point is... We're sitting with Will at our kitchen table, and we're filling out what's called the death questionnaire. And the first few are easy. It's like, name, all right. Email, come on. Date you were married. We can look that up, you know, and... Will says, I'm gonna go but I'm gonna leave the death questionnaire here on the kitchen table. And if you fill it out in a few days and get it back to me, we'll, just, we'll be done with this. So the death questionnaire sits on our kitchen table for a week and then, and then a month and, and then three years. <laughs> That's how much Jenny and I don't want to discuss death.
but we have to. I mean, at, at that point, Una was six years old. When I was six, my grandparents died. The Challenger exploded. I mean, that happened. I grew up in the 80s. That was live on television at school. The teachers strolled the TVs into class and said, today, seven brave astronauts are going to space. Actually, <laughs> we're going to watch The Sound of Music, you know? And we were six. We're like, ah! Where did they go? And I went to Catholic school, and so the teacher said they're in a better place. And I was like, better than space? I don't know. <laughs> when I was a kid, when someone died, that's what the, the grown-ups said. They said they were in a better place. And I, and I always took solace in that until I started to feel like the people who were telling me that were not as confident as I had originally thought. <laughs> so when I'm 21, or one of our best friends dies, Mr. Naples. He, he was like a second father. He was at every Christmas Parmesan. <laughs> he was... When my parents went away on vacation once a year, Joe and I would stay with Mr. Naples. And, we, and I loved it. It was like my favorite week of the year because he was so fun and he was funny. And he was the first person who, in my life who would like let, let me in on grown-up jokes. And he was sort of like rich. Like he'd ring his doorbell and it wouldn't be like bing bong. It would be like... Bing-bong, 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 bing-bong. We're like, this dude is rich. That is how you spend money right there. You get yourself a good doorbell game. When Mr. Nables is 58, he dies suddenly. It was, it was devastating, you know. I remember being at the church and I'm looking at his body and it's embalmed. And I, I don't think I'd seen a body embalmed up close. I'm thinking, is this the best plan? Just one last facial? Like, can we talk about the embalming thing? Like, the person doesn't look good, right? Like, they look puffy. And, and, you know, if we're gonna manipulate the body, why not taxidermy? Like. So sad about Mr. Naples, but he's catching that football! You know what I mean? Something with a little energy. Give him a win on the way out. Watch Mike Birbiglia, The Old Man in the Pool, only on Netflix.